Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I am your host, Roz and Renee. And we are back for another episode of the show. This is a really exciting episode in that this is going to be an interview with my girl, Mrs. Charm Lewis. Um, this is her. Hey, y'all. Hey, This is her second time on the podcast, and I am so excited to have her on. Um, I'm gonna let Charm give a little spiel about herself, but she is a breakthrough and trauma recovery coach. Um, if you haven't listened to the episode with Charm, please go back um, and listen to the episode on childhood trauma. That is one of my top listened to episodes. And so I'm so excited to have her on here. So Charm, say hey, girl. Hey, guys. I'm so excited to be on. Thank you so much for allowing me to come back and talk about such a heavy topic. Um, I know it's weird, but um, I actually like to talk about these things because I like to disrupt things. I'm a disruptor. <laughs> um, and so I'm really excited to be back on to talk about this in hopes that your listeners will gain a little more freedom in this area. Yes. Okay. So we are going to get started, Charm. So we are going to be talking about the topic of rejection. And this is something that I personally have worked through a lot in therapy. And I have a, I've had a rough time with it, to be quite honest. So I know that the reason I brought Charm on you all is because I can talk about my experience with therapy, but Charm has such a way of breaking down such complicated topics. I believe she has a gift for it and just really making them personal and practical and explaining spiritual and natural things. So um, Charm, I'm going to read off the definition of rejection um, and just why, like I brought you on for that. And then you can kind of get into what actually the definition of rejection is. So for definition sure. purposes, the definition of rejection is the, the dismissing or refusing of a rep- proposal idea or something in general. So Charm, I want you to kind of give, even though rejection is such a loaded topic, can you give a definition of what rejection is? So definitely. So I'll just say that you're not the only person who has dealt with rejection, felt rejection, struggled with rejection. Your girl, (laughs) I'm right here. Um, I'm going to say me too. Um, And I, in terms of giving the definition, I'm sure once we talk about it, even you guys who are listening will see that everybody has experienced it. And in fact, Um, I know we always hear, like I said, the spirit of rejection and everybody's talking about rejection. But honestly, when we think about rejection, we need to remember that it's a part of our everyday life. Somebody somewhere is going to tell you no. Right. And that's just a normal thing. But there are certain times in our life and from certain people that when we hear that no, when we feel that no, because sometimes it's just not hearing the no, sometimes it's a feeling um, of that no or that disapproval or that denial um, or pushing somebody away, sometimes from certain people, it can just leave Mm. serious wounds on our soul. Um, 
especially when we're talking about as children. You know, when we experience those things, when we experience that no or that push away, children, um, they lack certain filters and processing capabilities that makes that experience of rejection or being pushed away or not given enough time extremely critical. You know, and then as we move through our teenage years, um, when it's all about our peers and what social groups we're in. And if you were like me and you are a book nerd and you are a, worm, a bookworm and you did not um, necessarily, um, wasn't right. the most fashionable, right? Um, you sort of yourself in those little uh, smaller groups. Um, those are really critical moments that um, can plant huge seeds of rejection in your life. And then we, you know, begin to live your life from that place. And then as we move on into our adulthood, when it comes to like intimate relationships and significant others, um, anything that we feel like is um, pushing us away from or preventing us from reaching our goals, those things can just hit us in our heart. Those things can hit us in our soul and leave lasting impressions there. And so when we talk about rejection, that's kind of what is being talked about. We're not talking about just the general no, you didn't get the job or they didn't accept your proposal. We're talking about those critical moments, those critical life phases where you begin to build your life based upon those experiences. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I think that the way that you described um, the small little seeds over time Mm -hmm like become such larger pictures into the way we see ourselves, into the way we feel confident about ourselves, into the way that we just feel internally about ourselves. And I think like that is such a very subtle way of seeing like over time how big rejection can build. Absolutely. And I, and I think about when we use in the terminology of seed, um, this past spring or something, I planted grass seeds in my yard and the seeds mm-hmm. so little, right? So little, you could they literally fall through your fingers. They're so small, but then once they're planted, you throw them out, they're planted, you have a whole lawn full of grass, right? And exactly. that's the same thing that you explain is that these little seeds along the way create this whole lawn of grass and that whole lawn of grass becomes the canvas of your life. Um, exactly. Yeah, so basically, and, and it's so it's so hurtful and it leaves such a mark on our lives because as humans, we were made for connection. You know, when God looked at Adam, when he was in the, after he created Adam, he looks at him and says, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. And when we look at the body of Christ, even in the New Testament, it talks about us being fitly joined together. So when there's a disconnection, um, it feels very unnatural and painful. Girl, girl. And I think about like when I was growing up, because I definitely want to get like your side of what you experienced. But like when I was growing up, much of my interaction with my parents and especially specifically my dad, he only interacted with me when it came to when I was getting in trouble. So mm-hmm. I never felt like I got any praise for when I felt like I did something good. It was only for when I did something bad. So I always associated my relationship with him in a way where it's like, even if I do well, there's no point of me telling you anything because you're just, you're never going to see me in a way that I feel like I could get praise from you. Mm-hmm. And it just made me feel like over time, like I couldn't get anything that was helpful from him because it was always like rejection. So I want you to yeah, and go ahead. I was just going to say that that plant, that's a huge seed. You know, when we're talking about parental figures, they are our whole world for a while, for a long, long time. And it's so crazy because I start, when I think about these things, I start talking about theories and stuff. But there's there's a theory about how children, as they when they are younger, we literally do not see ourselves apart from our parents. And so when your parent pushes you away, as a child, you see that as a part of you. Right. Because, you know, there's no separation between you and your parent for a exactly. while. 
there's a process of separation, right? But when you have a parent who rejects you, whether it's in utero, right? Because rejection can start there. You might not have the words for it. You might not um, you might not even know what happened, but if your mother even thought about having an abortion, if your father even thought about not wanting you, the seed of rejection can be planted in the seed, in, in your literal seed and in your mother's uterus. So that's so important when we're talking about that parent relationship. That is the first place many of us experience that exactly. of connection. Exactly. Oh, girl, that's a whole topic. Because that's like spiritually, yeah. everything starts in the spirit before it comes into the natural. And so like even before it starts, even with you coming out of the womb, that seed of rejection can be planted early on. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit about like your experience of rejection. So um, I would say that um, growing up, I wouldn't even really have thought about it being rejection until me growing up and going to school and seeing things in my evolution or whatever. Um, But I would say that my mom was a single parent. um, And so she worked a lot. Big ups to my mom. This this lady raised three children pretty pretty much on her own. And sis held it down. Um, It was a little crazy times but she held it down and I and as far as I can remember my mom has always had about two and a half jobs um and so the rejection for me started there where my mom worked all the time she worked seven three and then she worked 11 to seven so it was not a whole lot of time at home and it was because she couldn't and so the rejection it's the train girl I'm sorry (laughs) no problem but I was saying, like, the rejection started there. Just feeling like my mother didn't have enough time for me. Um, like, she was always away. And I would say that it started probably there. And then I talked about earlier, like, in high school, I wasn't the most popular. wasn't the most fashionable. So it was like I didn't have a whole lot of friends. Um, I would say that is definitely where my, my little seeds came from. Just feeling like my mom was not there. And it wasn't mm-hmm. she didn't want to be because she couldn't be. Mm-hmm. It, just set, it just set this cycle off in me of just feeling yes. um, unwanted and feel mm-hmm. like I wasn't worthy of having somebody's quality time. Girl. Girl. Yeah. Girl. The same, the same, sis. Like, cause girl, I could go into a whole line, but this is not a therapy session, so I won't do that. But like, literally, that's such a subconscious, like even thoughts of feel like not feeling, feeling wanted of somebody's time. Mm-hmm. Girl. Okay. Yeah. And so. The, and the crazy- go ahead. <laughs> No, go ahead. I was going to let you go ahead and spill. Oh, I was going to say, and the crazy thing is that my mother, so I was mature for a kid. I had a vocabulary, even as a child, because I was just a reader. And so I would tell my mom, like, you know, you, you're not just, um, you're not just like an employee. You are also, you also have to come home and be a mom. And she just was too tired. She was just like, I cannot basically like. Look, as long as y'all got food on the table and we have somewhere to live, you good. You're going to live. And for some kids, that may work. But for me, it's just I just needed more emotional connection for me. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So and so with the lack of the emotional connection, like what were signs that you saw like as you became because that was, of course, as you were a kid, what signs did you see from that time frame? When you got older, what were some of the things that because you lacked that when you were a kid that you could see remnants of what you were, would gravitate to as you got older? Because I feel like rejection, because it's like a deposit, it's a deposit into our emotional mm-hmm. tank. So when we don't get it, it's almost like we grow up with an empty well and we're always gravitating mm-hmm. to something to fill it back up. And so when we don't get fulfilled, it's almost like we have to pour into something else to give to get us to get something. So like what were some of the things that when you were growing up you saw the remnants of that? Yeah, so 
I would say that anytime a seed is planted, life is going to water it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I wouldn't say that I saw because my mom didn't spend enough time with me or I felt um, rejected or unworthy of time. I wouldn't say that I saw a direct correlation of that um, in my life as an adult. But what I can say is that when a seed is planted, it it evolves, it grows, it changes, and then it, it cross germinates with other seeds that have been planted. And so um, just on my healing journey, a part of your journey should be to become curious about yourself, right? To do that self-discovery work. And in my self-discovery work, I started to ask myself questions and really think about um, what things that I said the most. So like I would look at, okay, what phrases are you repeating often? Um, And so one of the phrases I found myself repeating often is, um, are you my real friend? Right? So I would, if I had something to say to my friends that I thought might hurt their feelings or, you know, might you know, cause a little rift between us before I said it, I would be like, so, Hey girl, um, are you my real friend or no? Um, and while playful and it helped me to kind of ease my way into whatever I needed to address. Um, when I really sat back and thought about it, I'm like, that comes from a place of me feeling like if I do the wrong thing, if I say the wrong thing, this person is going to leave me. Girl. That is, that's, that is rejection at its finest. Um, yeah, so that was one of the things, um, that came to my mind. And then I, I'm, I'm an introvert, um, you know, just regularly, but I just started to really believe that I wasn't a good friend. Um, and so I would tell myself this narrative that I'm not a good friend because, Mm -hmm. The same thing. I didn't want to do something. I can also be socially awkward, okay? Just a little. I might say the wrong thing. No, I might right. say something that I <laughs> I might say I something that you are not socially awkward, sis. You know that's <laughs> I think I am. Sometimes I say stuff that I think is funny and other people are like, mm, that was not funny. I'd be like, okay, I'm so sorry. But as a result of just not being so confident maybe in myself and being a mistake, yes, that, that was sense. a mistake. I'm sorry. Moving, right. That seed of rejection says, if you make one little mistake, it's going to be over for you. These people are never going to find out who you really are. And then it's going to be over. And so to avoid all of that, I would just be isolated. I would just not make real friends with anybody. Um, and so I started to notice little things like that. And it was like, okay, yeah, it's something happening here and you need to address it. And so that's sort of how it it played out in my life as an adult. I kind of isolated. I would like preface my statements with, by saying things to make sure, you know, let's make sure the relationship is secure um, before I try to rock the boat or whatever. Um, but th- that was kind of my thing. And that might not be your audience thing. You might be saying, well, you know, that's, I'm not like that. I say what I got to say and I keep it moving, you know, but there are other things, there are other signs that she might be struggling with rejection. But I think you bring up a good point, like how everybody's way of um, doing things to ultimately not try to be rejected, like may be different, but it all comes instance from like a similar space. So like even the way you introducing the statement of, are you really my friend is a way to see basically, can I trust you enough to be able to share what I need to say to know, like you won't reject me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've heard, you know, in working with other women, I've seen instances where they are always trying to earn their keep, right. Always trying to yeah. do things in order to stay around, you know, if I, if I get the best gift, if I, you know, bring the the cutest card or if, you know, just all of these things in order to really earn their keep, I have to demonstrate my loyalty, even if it is to my detriment yes. in order to earn your keep as if you have a keep to earn. Right. Okay. And people pleasing. And people, that's a huge one. AKA people pleasing. And that was my thing. Like the fact that you brought that up makes me think like, what can, what more can I do to ensure that you don't reject me 
Or like another thing I used to feel was, what more could I do so that you're not angry with me? Because mm-hmm. if, if if you're angry with me or you get mad at me, that means I've done something wrong. And that means you're going to leave me. I'm not worth sticking around because I'm already unsure about who I am and my value and all of that kind of stuff. And so I'm not going to say anything or do anything to rock the boat in any way. I'm not going to stand up for myself. I'm not going to um, oppose your opinion, right? Or what you like. You ever go with a group of friends and it's like, oh, which I want to eat. And and you got that one friend, like whatever you want to eat, whatever, wherever you want go whatever you want to do they never have an opinion yes and it becomes a thing where it's like we don't stand firm in what we well one it goes back to like you got to know what you believe in but two we don't stand in this worthiness that we are worthy enough to receive love and have love and stand our ground and not be you know, rejected. But if we are rejected, that means that that person either may not need to be in our life and or we're putting up a boundary that we don't want people to cross. And I think that ultimately it comes back to the thing of, like you said, discovering that self-awareness piece. Like you got to know, you got to know who you are. And also we have to, because I'm thinking, like I said at the beginning, rejection is going to happen to us all, right? So knowing that when you do get that no, when you do get that opposing opinion, you are still able to stand firm without your knees buckling because there is a there is an underlying um, sure sense of value and identity. Mm. And that's where we, we're talking about. That's why you got to deal with that spirit of rejection. So what happens to a seed when it germinates, it grows, right? It turns and it grows. It can turn into a tree or whatever it is that you planted. It's no longer a seed. And that's what happens to rejection. It, it might have been that my mom worked two and a half jobs all the time and didn't have time for me. But then once it goes in the ground and it has all of these other things, these life experiences that add to that, it, it can make it very yeah. complex and it turns it into sort, like a spirit of rejection right and you got to deal with that spirit of rejection so that in our everyday life when we get that no we can in a healthy way process it and keep moving forward so in order to deal with the spirit of rejection we need jesus but what if someone thinks they feel rejected by god like how how is that like, how does that stronghold impact their life? And I'll even just say stronghold is just basically like this. It is like this. Um, it's a barrier. Mind, yeah, it's a barrier. It's a mind bondage that builds over time. So it becomes a thing where this has been kind of like a brick house, con- constantly brick by brick, situation by situation, built over time to where it can become harder to overcome. But nothing nothing in this world cannot be overcome without Jesus. I feel like. Yeah, I I feel like um, when there are seeds of rejection or any any kind of negative seed in your life, it is going to impact your relationship with God. And rejection is one of those huge ones, especially when it comes to your parental relationship, because God is personified as a father, right? Because this is who I am. And when we have seeds of rejection that come from our parents, we automatically equate that to God. You will automatically see that in your relationship pattern um, with God. And so it is very, I just want to put, you know, people at ease to know that it's very normal <laughs> to feel if you dealt with a, a background or a history of rejection in your childhood or what have you to feel like you don't belong or to feel like God doesn't love you or to feel like God doesn't have time for you, right? That's a normal thing. Some of us are like, um, so for me in my relationship with God, it was, let me fix it. Like, God, I know you run in the world and you got things to do. And so I can handle this. No problem. Um, Because that seed of rejection said, I don't have time for you. I'm doing other more important things. That's what my mother said. I'm doing more important things. As long as you have a roof over your head and you have food, you're cool. 
you take the emotional stuff, you take care of that yourself. And so I took that mindset into my relationship with God. You run the world, you do this, you you keep me from the boogeyman, but I'll take care of my career. I'll take care of this. I'll take care of that. Cause I know you don't have time for those things. Girl. So where did that leave you? Like, when did you realize like, I can't do this no more? <laughs> um, can I, Am I being honest on this podcast? This is like go be real, honest. be all the way one hundred. <laughs> okay, so this has been um, an evolution of sorts. You know, there are layers that I have laid down over the years, um, but recently I was- wait. Let me pause you right there. So I want you to like preface that again to say like how this has been a process, how this has not been like an overnight situation. Because I think when we talk about healing. And like overcoming things with God, I think in general, the mind frame when we're desperate is just like, just let it, just fix it, God. Like you can fix it today. You have the power to fix it today instead of understanding like sometimes healing becomes a process of you relinquishing all of these things to God. Oh, yeah. I mean, it has been such a huge process. It has definitely not happened overnight, even though, like you said, I wanted it to happen overnight, but it has been experiences with God, um, experiences with God's people that have helped me to um, disrobe, I guess. So I think, no, you're good. <laughs> so I think about the picture that's coming to my mind right now is Lazarus, right? When Jesus spoke to Lazarus and told him to come forth, then he had people to remove his grave clothes, right? And so I felt like there had been experiences in my life and people that I've come in contact with that have just kind of unraveled more and more and more of that. So it definitely has been a process. Um, I would say that the last, I won't say last little bit, but this last season of processing has really been about me understanding that God is not like me and he's not like my father, that he is God. Yeah. And he's really, really been dealing with me about that, that I love you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. And that love is unconditional and there's nothing that you can do to keep me away from you except you turn away from me. Right. And so um, that, that has been like the last season of my life in terms of understanding rejection and um, which we talked about earlier, like uprooting rejection on how to deal with it. And for me, this season really has been about relearning God's character um, because Which let me explain, like, that happens in so like not to interrupt you, but that happens in such different seasons because I I feel like there is a certain there are certain times where God wants to show you like the way He's He's He justifies us, the way that He fights for us when we're in seasons where we are like probably up against the wall, but then there are seasons where we really need comfort and God like has to show us love in a different way that is comforting to us in certain times. So like even in the preparation to show you how much he's loved you with an everlasting love, maybe he's showing you in this season because there's a different level of love and the different level of um, understanding where you're going with him that you have to know without a shadow of a doubt. Yes. And also more so um, that he is a father and what kind of father he is. Because rejection, right? When you feel like you have been rejected from God, it will make you withhold things from him. It will make you um, live your life outside of his presence because, and it's not always that it's intentional. You know, sometimes people are like me, like, you know, I know that you're running the world and I know that generally my life is okay. So you're taking care of that. But there are things that I'm doing that I'm fixing that I don't need your help with. Um, And it keeps you from really that abundance um, that we're supposed to experience with him. So this season, um, God has really been just dealing with me about him being a father Mm -hmm. and um, 
showing me his character as a father. And so when we're talking about uprooting rejection, I was saying earlier, like the first place that we have to feel that acceptance, feel that um, belonging is with God. If we don't feel like we belong to God, we won't feel like we belong to anyone. We won't feel like we belong to ourselves. We won't feel like we belong to our significant others, no matter how wonderful they are. Um, We won't feel like we belong at our job or at our church or wherever, because our basic sense of identity has to be in him first. Our basic sense of belonging has to be in him first, because... The scripture talks about in him, you know, I live, I move, I have my being. And if you're trying to find that be, that being outside of him, you're always going to struggle with that rejection. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so when we're talking about uprooting rejection, the first step, the, the biggest step is understanding who God is and who he says you are. Mm. right really doing a deep dive and I don't mean listening to a hundred million sermons on YouTube that's great but those people that you are listening to they got a revelation and God is not withholding revelation from you he wants to give you your own revelation he wants to talk to you specifically about your rejection narrative and it takes like surrendering and spending time with him. Like, I think that that has probably been the one thing that I have learned throughout my healing journey and the years of just time that I've like, quote unquote, had this quote unquote relationship with God. I've learned that there is nothing that, like you said, God wants to withhold from me that he, he gives, he gives revelation to people, but he wants to share his personal feelings, his personal relationship, his personal things about my life with me. But when I create the space for him, that's when he does those things. Like I can get a message that might be confirming quote unquote, but God wants to share it just with me. Absolutely. He wants to answer that no you know many of us have questions like well god why didn't i get the job or you know why did my mother leave and why this and why that and god is like i want to answer you but you're not giving me the room to you're not giving me the space to and i'm not going to compete with everything else in your life so how did you how would you say like especially because like we're like in the talking about when people have felt rejected by god but more so than anything like opening the space for him how do you feel like you in a practical way um and you could talk about in a spiritual way but in a practical way how did you give him that space and it can be very simple too Um, it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. but like what in a simple way did you give him space so the thing that I know about people that is totally true about me is I do what I want to do when I want to do it. <laughs> and so straight up, straight up, like I straight up. So like you get to a place in your life where you're like, I'm tired of being defeated in this one particular area. And I just want to say to you guys, life might be perfect. It might be grand, but you know that there's this one space that this seed of rejection just keeps showing up. It just keeps, you know, it's the root of your defeat. You know, it's the root of your self-sabotage. You know, it's the root of your lack of progress. Like I just got tired of it. And if you are tired of that area, you know that you're tired because you are willing to do something about it. And not only you're willing to do something about it, you actually get into action. And so I got tired of this one particular area of my life. And I just was like, my first thing was I'm stuck here and I hate being stuck. And I just was honest with God. I was like, I'm stuck here and I'm stuck here because X, Y, And I think it starts with our open, honest communication with God saying, I feel like you left me high and dry. I feel like you're nowhere to be found when I needed you, when this happened to me, when this person walked out on me, when my job 
picked up and went to another state, I felt like you were nowhere to be found. And and just being honest and knowing that he can take your honesty. So I would say the first step in opening up your heart and really after you, yeah, opening up your heart is really to, I mean, the first step in being able to come back to God and find that sense of belonging in him is really being honest about the times where you felt he Girl, was not there. And I'm going to, I don't, I'm trying to see if I can find the scripture, but it brings me to that um, scripture about the prodigal son when he left home and he came back and mm. when the father made a feast for the people, but the second son went outside and was and was sad because he he didn't um he was angry and so when the father came and found him mm-hmm. he said to him he he said to him this is the scripture it's in Luke 15:29 he said these many years i've been serving you i've never transgressed i never transgressed your commandment at any time and yet you never gave me a young goat I might make Mary that I might make Mary my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fat calf for him. And so then the father answered him and said, son, you are always with me. And and all that I have is yours. It was right that I should make Mary and be glad for your Mm. brother was dead and alive again and was lost and is found. But but the thing that got me and you saying that and what brought to my mind is just the transparency. Like, I think sometimes we try to like make, Mm -hmm. we sugarcoat things with God as if God is not aware. Like God is not afraid of how hurt we are. And he's not fearful of how painful- things have been that would make us feel some type of way towards him. Cause I feel like, I'm like, Lord, I feel some type of way about why are you doing this to me? Like, why is this happening? And yeah. And he is our, this is why I said a part of that. So being honest, and I hate to try to say steps because it's like not, it's like not in order, but a part of that honesty, you in, in addition to that honesty, you also really have to get in your word. Like, I know you're listening to a podcast right now, but for God's sake, make time for you to read the Ooh. word so you can understand what is really happening. Like God is our perfect, Jesus is our perfect example, right? And so he understands rejection and he demonstrated how to handle it when it comes to our relationship with God. On the cross, he said to him, why have you forsaken me? Why have you rejected me? Why have you left me? Why have you, why? This is painful. This hurts. In my darkest Mm. hour, why did you leave me? And so he demonstrates that when we are in pain, when we feel rejected, we can be completely honest. He didn't say, dear heavenly father, I just thank you for this cross. He said, why? He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of us will linger um, on the outskirts of a relationship with God because we are afraid to be honest. And I just want to release you today that God is God enough to handle your hurt. Like you said earlier, like he can take it. Tell him. I don't have edges over here, sis. My edges have been left. They were snatched with my (laughs) wig when I took it off earlier. Okay. Because you just said a whole word. Okay. 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 But I move on. I digress. I'll grow them back eventually. We're going to pray for my follicles in Jesus' name. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Let's kind of go into a little bit of kind of even knowing, like, when we're talking about rejection, how can rejection impact our friendships and or like our romantic relationships so i think that when we are the first thing that comes to my mind um in romantic relationships i will talk about myself um and how i've seen it manifested in in my relationship with my husband is um You feel almost that you're going to be like on one end of the spectrum or the other. You're either going to be on the end of the spectrum of you're trying to like please your spouse to do everything to stay in their good graces, even if it's wearing you out, even if you are 
tired to the bone. <laughs> okay. You are doing everything you can because you feel like your value in the relationship is based upon you keeping that person happy. Because if the person is not happy, then of course there is the likelihood that they are going to reject you in some way. Um, if you were on the other end of the spectrum, like me, I was going to say, like, even as a wife, people will say, like, you got to be kind and you can't say certain things and all that. But like, even, even though I'm gentle and meek, I can still stand my ground. Like I can still like say how I feel. I don't have to be contentious or rude or anything like that to still be gentle and meek. With wisdom, right? We with with with, with wisdom, yeah. like you said. It wisdom. is like when when to say it, how to say it, all of that kind of stuff. Right? When to let it go, yeah. when to bring it up in a nice said. way. Yeah, like you said, it could still be said. Um, I was gonna say the other end of the spectrum was your girl, where I, because I had experienced, I didn't talk about the rejection with my father, um, but because I had experienced um, rejection with my dad, I was looking for, I looked for Dana to be, I looked, let me see, past tense, for Dana to be all in all. So when he made a mistake, it was huge. When he didn't show up the way I wanted him to to show up, it was huge. Um and so it puts a lot of pressure too on your spouse when you haven't resolved those issues of rejection because then you're looking for them to be hero and savior. And not only that, you're creating these unrealistic expectations on somebody that there's their their love for you is not in a in a um based off of a condition. Yes. And it, and it happens not only in intimate relationships, it can happen in platonic friendships as well. Like you you have a friend who's territorial, right? And you think that's cute, but honestly, you can't have no friends that they don't know about and they want to dominate your time and you know this that and the third call you 50 times a day. Like you think it's cute, but it's not. Sure. Like there is a there's a serious root there that they are making all kinds of attempts. I get these pictures in my brain. And so I'm actually seeing a person who is um, kind of fighting for their lives in water, right? <laughs> it's like they're making these crazy attempts to keep this friendship because they don't want to experience a possible rejection. Mm. And so it can be straining on the other. The bottom line is if you're struggling with rejection and it's very manifesting your life, it can be straining to whomever is on the opposite end of you being friends with them or in a relationship with them. All facts. Yes. All that's facts. the bottom line. All facts. I mean, that's a whole tangent for a whole nother yeah. day, but all <laughs> facts. And, and because sometimes people who even on the other end may not know, like they need to put boundaries up that if they try to put it up, it can be a way for people to even try to manipulate and all kind of stuff. Like we ain't even got to get into all that, but it can be really hard when, and then even on the other stuff, let me switch gears because for me, I was on the other end. I was one of the people that I didn't want to reject others because I felt like if I rejected them, that they were going to be mad at me, which goes back to that point of me continuously pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And I was the one that never put up boundaries. So I always attracted friendships that I felt like it was always a thing where I had to be the one to provide the dependency. I had to be the one to provide the space for them to have security because if I didn't, then what were they going to do? And what God had to show me was like, look, you're not me. You're not the savior. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to do so much for people and heal people in a way like that only I can do. Mm-hmm. Trying to keep people oh, in, in your, in your good graces. And that's when we were talking about earlier, you know, like just not wanting to rock the boat. That's a like okay. If you go, if you come to me, then I don't want to make you upset. I don't want to cause any rifts. So, sure, I'm here. I'm an open door. 
Right. And then it and then it becomes a thing where it's just like, I don't want you to feel rejected, so I won't reject you. Mm -hmm. I know what that feels like. And so I don't want you to feel that way. So it can even become the opposite. This is true. This is true. So I will say for me, kind of going into romantic relationships that I will say with my husband, for me, Nico is such a straightforward person. Um, And so for me, it was learning how to like, he is so straightforward that sometimes he says stuff that's like, in a way that will cut you if you're not strong enough emotionally. Because sometimes I'd be like, why do you say it like that? But I've learned that his ability to just provide a straight answer is not rejecting me. It's more so like he's going to be literally a thousand percent honest. And so like you said about Mm -hmm. the expectations of putting like so much on your partner, I would put so much like you have to be super soft with me. You have to be super kind to me to to make me feel okay. And it took away from his ability to be himself. Mm-hmm. And so when I was really working through my healing, I had to realize like, this is who he is. This is not because I am, um, he's any less of a person. It's just, this is who he is. And I have to be strong within my own self and feel worthy enough to know like he loves me, even if he's just honest. Mm-hmm. And I think what you brought up just made me um, brought to mind that this is why it's so important to resolve rejection in your life because it becomes the lens through which you process everything. Girl. Everything is always an attack on you. It's always with the intent to hurt you. It's always with the... Um, You're always thought. the victim. Exactly. You are always the victim. And it's important in that process, like you said, you were able to come to terms with the fact that, no, this is not about me. This is about him. This is his personality. This is his style of communication. His intent is not to harm me. Girl. But like, I literally would break at the drop of the hat. To that. Yeah. The only way you can come to that is if you resolve that that um, foundational principle of I am not rejected. I belong. I belong to God. I belong to my husband. Girl. Right? I I belong here in this space. Girl. But until we resolve that, everything is a threat. Girl. To our sense of belonging. Listen, and I will tell you, now that you said that, I realized how much of a healing that was for me because I struggled. And to be transparent, I struggled throughout when we were dating just like his straightforwardness would break me down. I used to be like, I don't want to say nothing crazy or say, I don't want to say something crazy. I don't want to do anything that would make me feel like I have to say something to him that would get me get a response to where I would break down because it would just be sometimes just hurtful. But he <laughs> would used to tell me like, you got to be confident in yourself. You have to be confident that I love you and that I got you. Because I'm just going to be myself. I'm not going to change who I am just to appease your emotions. And I'm glad he's like that because it made me realize that God knew I didn't need somebody to fold because I was folding. Mm-hmm. One of the things I tell um, my students when we first start um, the semester is I tell them, and I tell my friends really, that I need you to know that I love you. Right. If you and I'm going to demonstrate on a consistent basis that I love you because there will be times in this relationship where you will be uncomfortable with what I've said. I will have to challenge you. I will have to push you to the limit. And in order for you not to break down, not to run the other way, not to take it as a threat, we have to have this foundation of love. Mm. And that's the same thing. That's what God will go to him to resolve this rejection, that is what he's going to build in you, this foundation of love so that you operate from a place of love. You receive things from a place of love. You don't automatically perceive things as a threat, as a mission to um, get rid of you or demolish your whole identity and person, right? 
God is going to begin to help you to understand that everything about you from your inception, from your conception to where he's taking you is, is this foundation is within this foundation of love. And when we know that we are loved and when we know that we are deeply loved, we become like the scripture says, as a tree planted by the river of water, we become this stable, firm foundation. We are secure in our identity and who we belong to and where we belong. And we are able to take those no's on the chin. We're able to say, okay, not this time, but my world is not falling apart. You know, I exactly. didn't get it this time, but the next time I will. Exactly. It becomes a thing. versus it being it becomes a thing where we're more resilient, to be just like Frank. Like we're more resilient yeah. to handle the struggles. Yeah. Like we're more resilient to handle tough seasons and resilient and being able to handle when God tells us, like, look, I got you. I love you, even when it doesn't feel like it. And it doesn't feel it and it's uncomfortable and it's hard like that's what love does it's a it's a standard that holds us up when nothing else seems like it is absolutely and i know that we've been having a really really long conversation and y'all me and Rosalind, we real friends in real life so we can just so i just want to make sure that you guys are really really clear about this this whole rejection piece right so the rejection is feeling like you um, were pushed away or disapproved of or unloved or unwanted, right? And what you really have to do is take some time in introspection and reflection and say, where, when were those times that I felt the most unwanted, the most unloved, the most disapproved of? And who was involved in that? right? And really become curious. Start asking yourself these questions. And for some of you, it will be journaling through these things. For others of you, it will be jotting down notes. Um, For others of you who are like me, I'm just a thinker. So I could just be mulling these things over in my mind. Um, But then also figuring out, okay, what meaning does does that have in my life today? How do I see myself as a result of that today? How do I see my world as a result of those situations? today and then taking that information to God and saying God this is who I am this is what I have these are the seeds that are in my soil and I need you it looks like they have grown into these trees these plants these vines and for some of us it has taken over every area of our lives we live our our lives from a place of rejection we live our lives from a place of victimization right and you take those things Yes, you live your life from that thought of I'm not worthy enough. So you don't even go for the promotion because you're already saying, I know they're not going to choose me. Right. You don't even do the thing that you you don't even make an attempt to do the thing that you desire to do because you just feel like, oh, I know I'm a fail. Right. Or you don't even shoot your shot in the DM for that friend you want. Right. Because you're like, well, she's she on a whole nother level. I know she don't got time for me. You know, so I. Just take those things to God. You take those things to God and say, God, this is these are the seeds that I have. This is what it's grown into. And truly, I think right. And there even ahead. I'm time- sorry. I said my bad. Say I, was gonna, I was gonna say Ooh, like say? I was gonna say too. Like we just can't be ashamed. Like I just think that it comes to a thing of like, and I know mm-hmm. me and Charm are talking very like super spiritual, and we're talking about trees and all this kind of stuff. But to be really practical, it can even be a thing of like, God, I'm just really anxious about this. Like I feel like if I try to put forth the effort and like take a step into what my dreams are, like you're gonna leave me. Like you're not gonna have my back, or it's, or I'm really super afraid. Or I feel like if I tell you like what I really feel about you, God, like I'm a bad Christian because I think these things towards you. Or I, if I put, if I really, if I really cut off some people from my life, that means I'm going to be alone forever. And the truth of the matter is, is like God's not scared or fearful of what you really feel. He And like Charm mm-hmm. was saying, like, understanding like these are the seeds. These are the things that have hurt me in the past. This is the things my family has said to me that I won't be. These are the things that people have done to me that are 
completely shameful that I just cannot believe I done. These are the people that I, you know, brought into my life that really hurt me and hurt me in a way that what would even make me get into that situation. And the truth of the matter is, it's like, it doesn't matter. It really does not matter to God. He doesn't care. Like at the end of the day, society doesn't teach us what a woman should be like, what a man should be like. The father teaches us that. He teaches us who we are. He teaches us what we should, how we should walk, how we should talk, how we should be. So that our soul prospers. Absolutely. And I, like you were saying, like, I feel like, you know, you take those things to God and say, this is because these things happen. This is how I feel. And I am giving this to you for you to show me how to resolve it. And if you guys listen to first episode, you guys already know my story that I literally asked God, like, if this is what you want, you're going to have to show me how, because I've tried everything else and it hasn't worked. So I'm going to need your strategy. And that's what you go to God and say, I need your strategy. And this, the strategy for me in this season was relearn who I am, my character, do that by getting in my word. So I've been reading through um, the minor prophets, just getting to know God's character. When I read the scripture, I'm reading it specifically for how did God respond? What did God want? What did he say? How did he act? You know, and so that that's the, the prescription for me in this season. God wants to give you a strategy. It may be in therapy. It may be that he says, okay, you need to spend time in church more, or you need to um, you know, get a little bit a little bit more tight on your um your quiet time, or even you need to go to the gym, right? Because that was a part of my prescription this season too, is that you need to move your, you need to command your body to do what you don't want it to do. Um, and just get to him and find out what it is that he wants you to do to help resolve or take off this layer of rejection in your life for this season, because we will all be evolving and growing and changing and taking off layers until we see him. Um, and so I don't want you to think that it's like this one swoop exactly. complete healing, um, but you will be healed more and more and more as you go. Exactly. There'll be things that God just and two and two. No, go ahead. My bad, my bad. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say like, and even with the self awareness piece, like we're super aware of these things for us. And Holy Spirit has revealed these things to us awareness wise, but that doesn't mean like we're innate to any type yeah. of falling. Like just because I know Nico is very straightforward and that this is who he is. That doesn't mean that sometimes when he mm-hmm. says stuff to me, I'm still hurt emotionally. Like I'm still impacted, even though I'm aware, my awareness is there, but that doesn't mean that I'm innate or that, yeah, it's I, just that don't I don't still fall. Or that I don't still feel rejected at times. I don't let the seed germinate, though. I don't. I don't. I don't let. Like, I don't. I don't let the seed get watered and all exactly. that. Exactly. I have the ability to like say when I when I feel that way, like this has no power over yes. me. Yeah. Like I'll just say like this emotion, like I have the mind of Christ. This doesn't have any power over me, and it can immediately be checked in the name yeah, of Jesus. Definitely. Um, all day. Okay. Okay, so me and me and Charm are gonna wrap up because we've been talking yes. for a long time. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure but I just want to make sure that people know what to do with it. You need to examine your experiences of rejection and who was involved and how you see that those yes. principles, those mindsets, those narratives being played out in your life today, and then begin to dismantle from there. Get honest with God. And spend time with him so that he can release a divine strategy. Yeah. And I would say what came to my mind immediately is literally if you can take a journal and examine your relationships with both of your parents. 
what that was like mm. and like start looking at what were the things that impacted you from your mom's side what things impacted you from your dad's side because although I have a good relationship with my mom there were some things that she did that made me feel rejected unconsciously that I didn't realize were so present as I was an adult and take both of those lists to God and say show me what I need to see in this about how I was impacted and felt rejected Mm -hmm. and like allow God to just start breaking those things down to you and get into the word, make a routine for yourself where you take the time to have devotion time with God and creating the space is literally like turning on some worship music for five to 10 minutes, being turn on some worship music for five to 10 minutes and set the space and say, I invite you into this Mm -hmm. time with me and Mm -hmm. literally just listen, listen, read, get into the word. And as you do that consistently, it is a, it's a discipline that becomes a part of your lifestyle that you will begin to have the awareness of God's presence with you wherever you are. Amen. Okay. Well, I love you, sis. Um, And I am so glad we did this. And yeah, so if you want to find Charm, where do you need to find, where they need to go look for you, Charm? You can find me on Insta at Mrs. Charm Lewis. I will make sure I tag the information below. Um, I love you guys and we'll talk to you soon. All right. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.